I left the city I've been browsed. Treading water that they drowned. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. And guys, this is week 11. I mean, week 11 is a crucial week, and we're coming at you with two podcasts. John and I earlier today did the, uh, the, the Smash Accept lawyers, you know, the injury law firm, and talked to you about Cooper Cup, talked about Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, and, and some fill-ins there. Tonight, we're doing a mailbag show. Uh... And I'm excited to break down some of these trades because week 11, guys, is just, it's make or break. You know, like this is a point where you can really start to make some moves towards either direction. And I think, you know, we if you're all in, we're going to talk about some trades with that. If you're moving towards redraft, or not redraft, but rebuilding and getting that way. But we want to really try to get you guys out of that middle range. We want to get you towards championships or closer to that 101. And to do that, mailbag show tonight. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while, but always a pleasure. Adam Armour, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, Dad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year where I think people are starting to see if they're uh, uh, if if they're going to be trying to go for the ship or or trying to get out. And looking forward to have the conversation. Yeah, and congratulations. You know, you were sharing before we got on here. You are in the Scott Fish playoffs. You know, uh, I know you, you've you've been on a couple times here and I mean the guy knows his stuff he's super active in the Patreon and just just being in that playoff there even speaks to that even more so congratulations thanks brother Mung welcome back you know it's it's like it's that time right I mean I was talking with John today when I was saying it and it's like this is that fun time of year where this is the last chance you have to buy or sell Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, we got a bye week in week 11, you know, and I'm still just trying to get used to so many good players being on bye. I mean, you have Jacksonville, you have Tampa Bay, you have Miami. I mean, there are some real ballers here where you can make some difference. You can make some headway because a lot of teams might be sitting there at five and five and have Tyreek Hill, you know, and and you might be able to jump in there and make some moves. So I'm excited to chop it up with you tonight and and really get that going. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, excited to talk about some trades. And as you said, it is getting down to crunch time. So time to make some of those priority moves, especially with the landscape shifting quite a bit again this past weekend, unfortunately, due to injuries. I mean, tight ends super thin with Goddard down now. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup was one of the few reliable double digit wide receivers every single week. So definitely a lot to talk about. I mean, the two tight end league that I'm in, I lost, I lost Goddard and Ertz and I'm just... Trying to find two more tight ends in this landscape is a wreck, you know, because you have so many teams that are are vying for playoffs. But uh, the first set of trades and somebody that we've been talking about a lot on the podcast, Mung and I absolutely, and I know John does too, or that Adam does too, like Jamison Williams. You know, he hasn't played this year, but he's someone that we were super high on in rookie drafts. And I saw a thread out there talking about all the different trades potentially to pick him up and I wanted to cover some of them with you guys because I know you guys are really high on Jamison Williams and a couple of the trades that I saw so the first one and I believe this is Khalil Herbert who is on IR now so that might change things a little bit but we're looking at side one is Khalil Herbert Jamison Williams and a 23 first side two Kittle 
T. Higgins in a 23 second. Now, I'm super high on Jamison Williams, just like you guys, but break this trade down a little bit for me. We'll start. Adam, you haven't been on for a while, so I'll let you start this thing out. And by the way, this was sent in from at John Pap 2. Just a and little give shout that to me one more time, Dad. We're looking at Khalil Herbert, Jamison Williams, a 23 first and a 23 third, or T. Higgins, Kittle, and a 23 second. Ooh, yeah, um, I think that's a pretty good trade, but I, I lean toward the, the Jamison side just because of mainly because a lot of this other side, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big Kittle sell. Uh, I know we were talking about that together the other day and on the Patreon, but um, yeah, I, I personally uh, would go the Jamison side. Uh, I think he just, just talking about the talent, uh, I, I mean, you know, they traded up to get him. So from a insulation perspective, draft capital, you know, we'll get to that in some of the other trades as well that we're going to come up to. But I think as a talent, you know, he's an ascending player. Uh, I get it, though, with the other side, though, uh, you know, certainly trying to if you're in an all in. Um, but from a value, I, I personally like the JMO side. Yeah, I think like always, I mean, and this was it, it's where's that 23 first John and the Patreon guys did a, you know, a mock draft today. And, you know, anything up to like, I mean, they got. Keyshawn Boutte at 110. I mean, that's like the cutoff for me, but this pick is is if it's in that mid-range or if it's earlier, I'm very interested to see where you're at among with this one too because Kittle's getting into an interesting situation. I love T. Higgins. What do you think about this potential trade? Well, like you said, it depends a little bit on where that first ends up, but in general, I would agree with Adam that I lean towards that Jamison Williams side. Um, certainly if you're contending, I could understand pushing all in with Higgins, but Kittle's been inconsistent with Garoppolo as he always has. And I do think that Higgins will, you know, be slightly less consistent week to week with Jamar Williams return on the horizon. And like you guys, I am pretty high on Jameson Williams once he's back healthy as well. So I'd lean the Williams side and especially if you're uh, rebuilding, I think that's a great, great value. I in this particular trade, think that like the second feels like it sh- doesn't necessarily need to be in there. Like if I'm rebuilding, yeah, I'm I'm pushing Kittle out. Higgins is kind of a guy that I, if I'm rebuilding, I mean, I have no problem with T. Higgins as my wide receiver too. You know what I mean? Like, and this is where to me, would I trade? You know, would I? If that 23 first is very good, I'm definitely there. If it's a late first. I still think Jamison Williams in a late first is about the same as T. Higgins, but I do prefer Kittle in a second over Herbert in a third, you know, and that's kind of the interesting part where I'm at there. The the again, when you guys send in these trades, make sure you guys tell us where they're located. Uh the next one here, and and this was one of my guys in the offseason. I mean, I loved Elijah Moore, but he said he traded Elijah Moore in a mid-23 second for Jamison Williams. I mean, first off. Adam, I know you're huge. You were huge on Elijah Moore, just like I was. He's finally moving back into the slot after the bye week, but Zach Wilson has killed Elijah Moore. Like Elijah Moore is an afterthought, and it it breaks my heart to even say that. And in this particular situation, I think even though that 23 second class is juicy, I, I'm going for Jamison Williams here as well, just for that sheer upside because I, Elijah Moore is leaving a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, at the end of the day, it, you know, I'll take we'll take the L on Elijah, right? I, I mean, even I, I, I thought he was actually going to do better when Flacco was in, but even then, Wilson was taking a lot of those targets. So, yeah. 
it just doesn't look good regardless of quarterback situation. And I don't think, you know, with how much draft capital they have with Wilson, that they're going to move on from him, from mm-hmm. him, especially because they're in the, te- the playoff, you know, role, uh, uh, run that they're looking like. So I just think Elijah is going to, you know, his, his value insulation has gone. So, and then a second 23, even, you know, I think it was a mid second on that yeah. particular deal. Um, you know, that's a dart throw. If it's early second, then I would consider it. But for me, it's, it's a smash. And I, I think the crazy thing here, Adam is, I mean, I believe in Elijah more the talent. I mean, we saw a guy that was putting up some monster numbers last year. I mean, he was a wide receiver too when he was on the football field. If you're in a rebuilding team, what would you pay for Elijah Moore? Because I feel like if you look at a contending team, you might be able to offload something, you know, and, and get a potential star if he moves on into a different situation, if things start to click. Because last year, he looked fantastic. Yeah, I think, you know, a, a late second would be an, an easy buy for me um, because everybody's, you know, especially rebuilds, right, trying to acquire seconds. So I think you could probably get a little bit extra, but that's kind of the range, early early third, uh, late second. If you're rebuilding and you got an early third for him, I think, you know, some some teams wouldn't, you know, would probably let him go because they want to give up on him. So I, I think that's the range I'm comfortable buying him in, but uh, I'm definitely not overpaying for him because, again, his, his, there's not too much insulation there. Yeah, and and this trade again sent in from at Jeff Sperano Mung. I mean, again, we're we're hitting on your boy here, Jamison Williams. But is this a smash? Except, absolutely. I I would need significantly more than just a second round rookie pick on top of more to sell Jamison Williams. Now here's where it gets interesting. So sent in from Luck of the Irish at O'Hearn twenty two. Got him for traded straight up for a late twenty three first. Now I said. When we did, when they did their mock today, Keyshawn Boutte went at 110. Uh, there were two other wide receivers taken in that area that I'm going to look up here. But what area are you comfortable in among trading for? If you're t- trading a 23 first, I've been advocating hard for giving a 24 first in something small. But if you're trading one of those those coveted 23 firsts. Where is that cutoff with you when it comes to Jamison Williams? I mean, we have to try to think of an area where, you know, what is that going to be? In the draft today, Keyshawn Bouti, uh, Josh Downs, and Quinton Johnson were all in that area. All three of them project to be, you know, absolute ballers as well. I would say Williams is in that range. So in that six to eight or so range, uh, if we're talking super flex, including those two quarterbacks in front of him. Okay. Oh, wow. That's see. That's I'm like I, I can't put him above Smith and Jigba or Addison, but I mean I feel like from what we've seen, and I I, I think it's just out of sight, out of mind. And the reason we're talking about Jamison Williams is a lot of these teams that have them, you know, they might have drafted at one nine, one ten. They're a borderline playoff team, and I think you guys can go out there and 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 take some shots at them, um, Adam. In that twenty three class, I mean, if you have if you're sitting there at one ten and you are not a contender, would you rather have the one ten that could potentially you know increase in value because we know about how things work in the draft, or are you taking your shot on a guy like Jamison Williams who we've seen what he could do you know in college, we just haven't seen it in the pros yet. Yeah, I think I think that's about right, right around that one nine one ten. Um, and and the, kind of the way I look at it is this: if because I know Mung's touched on this in past uh, episodes, but it's 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 important to consider because everybody's different risk aversion needs to be taken into account. I think, mm-hmm. I think if you are risk averse, you take the pick, right? Because you Absolutely. have guaranteed upside. 
uh, in that range and it's a great class but if you want to roll the dice and it's and i agree with mung the talent and you know i think the upside in the short term it would if he hits the field it would not shock me if he rises up ranks uh and and you see a you know think you know amon st brown who had you know barely any uh draft capital you know blew up the charts because of his last six weeks right uh so think of that but with you know the amount of draft capital they paid for jmo to move up and get him so you're talking about he can move up to the top five if he has a similar year-end season as as Amon St. Brown. So, it, it, so for me, if you're if you are risk averse, I'd take the pick. But if you if you like to take risk for short-term upside, then JMO for me around that nine ten range. I love it, and that's why we love Dynasty so much. Is like it, it just depends on how you go. I've been trying to shop Jamison Williams in one of my leagues where I am. I'm 19 and one in double leagues. You know, I lost the median one week, and I'm trying to shop Jamison Williams. And the the best I can get is what this next trade is. And there's no way I'm trading it. But uh, it's at y underscore it sent James Robinson for <laughs> Jamison Williams. I am taking Jamison Williams over James Robinson any day of the week. I mean, that is an absolute smash. Except, and I'm I'm struggling to find an area where I can where I can leverage that same if that was the 110 on the flip side i think i could get something a little bit different and I, I know that's out of sight out of mind for a lot of owners you know jameson williams is definitely a guy to go out there and target do those insulated trades like we've been talking about i mean right now I, since we're talking about it you know since we were talking about cooper cup i literally just got a deal done where i got deandre hopkins and a 24 first for cooper cup mung if if you are a cooper cup owner and you're, you know, you're in that spot where let's say you were five and five and now all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I'm not going to make it. What would you need on top of Jamison Williams? Like you're the cup owner. You're going to get Jamison Williams. Can you get a, a late 23 first? Can you get a 24 first? I think this is a type of move where it's like, we got to look at Cooper Cup. He's going to be 30 years old next year, you know, and we have a spot here where you can potentially get a Jamison Williams and a, a decent amount of plus. Yeah, it really depends because I think Cup could still hold quite a bit of value, especially with um, some contenders, you know, willing to roll the dice on the fact that he has a shot at least to be back for the fantasy playoffs, right? We know he's out for at least four weeks, but there's a slim chance that he could be back, you know, by week 16 or 17. In general, I think I'm going to have them ranked very closely in my next Dynasty Rankings update. I think I have cut two spots ahead of Williams as of right now. Um, so if you can get Williams in a second, I would definitely consider that. You might be able to get Williams plus a first, uh, depending on the league. And they've moved, you know, I was looking at Dynasty Trade Calculator and it's moved Cooper Cup down to like wide receiver nine status. I feel like we're only going to move further. Um, I don't, I mean, you know, they say the four to six range and, and, and surgery there, but it's like, I think what's the point of rushing him back? I think we've seen the last of Cooper Cup for this this particular season, and that's why you know I'm potentially advocating going out there and making moves and trying to to get guys to pick up in that situation. Um, another guy that we've really pushed on the podcast lately, uh, and that's that was buying Deshaun Watson. Um, I have a trade sent in here from at FF Dynasty Polls, twelve team Superflex. Would you rather have Joe Mixon in a late 23 first or Deshaun Watson? We'll start with you, Mung. I mean. You know, I have Deshaun Watson in Smash One, and I'm trying to get offers, and I'm getting quite a few. Is Mixon in a 23 first? Is that fair? Is that adequate value for you? Or where? And again, remind everybody how high you 
you have Deshaun Watson because I did a I did a poll recently that I want to share afterwards, but I want to hear from you first. Sure. I, I do think that's close to fair value because Mixon probably isn't going to repeat, you know, that kind of touchdown performance that he had prior to the bye, but he should mm-hmm. be a solid, you know, back end RB one going to have some big games here and there with the Bengals offense looking better, especially with chase coming back. But that said, yeah, I, I would still lean Watson in this deal. Um, we're seeing more and more with Russell Wilson underperforming Stafford underperforming, Brady and Rogers both struggling and probably mm-hmm. nearing the ends of their careers that uh, even in one quarterback leagues, not, not, not to mention Superflex, there's going to be a big divide between the haves and have nots at the quarterback position. And huge. right now, you know, I would say Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Hertz, Herbert, Murray, Fields, Tua, Burrow, and Watson are probably, you know, the most secure top 10. Uh, maybe Dak if you want to put him in there as well. But, you know, that's not even 12, right? So I, I think to get a, a legitimate, strong QB1 option to anchor your roster for this foreseeable future, uh, I would still take Watson over Mixon in the late first. Yeah, and, and Adam, this is a year where, like, last year you would have been like, well, I can get Mixon, and you know what? With that 23 first, I could get Tom Brady, you know? But now you're looking at it as, like, there are not very many quarterbacks who I can go out there and say, you know what, I'm pursuing that guy with the 23 first. Because it's like, there's that top 10, and they cost you two firsts, and then there's like nothing you want to pay a 23 first for. Maybe you could argue that you're on a contender and you want Kirk Cousins and, and Joe Mixon in this situation, but are you taking the, the 23 first? Because we're assuming it's a late 23 first, so he's a contender. So you're going Watson or you're going 23 first and Mixon? Yeah, Watson for me also. Um, kind of just just to clarify, you know, from a strategic standpoint, kind of exactly what Mung said, but just looked at it a different way. If you ever can give up what is likely, and the late 23 first is not going to be an elite QB option, likely, no. uh, unless it's a home draft and it's weird. But in most drafts, you're not going to get elite quarterback. So if you can get an elite quarterback for, uh, you know, two, you know, not, let's just say non top five. Uh, at their positions, I- I'm going to go the top. You know, he's got that type of upside. To Mung's point, you know, he's li- definitely locked in top ten, but he has the top side up. You know, top five upside, and he's still young. Yeah. So you-, you have to lock that in, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the the reason that I wanted to transition that is the next thing is I put a tweet out yesterday. It's week 11, 11 players that I value over the 101. And like, if you are in a situation right now where you are 102, 103, and if you shave off some points and you can put yourself into that 101 range, I mean, Bijan is literally in an area where he's almost a first-round pick right now. But, I mean, I had Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Jefferson, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Chase. And then I've moved Fields, Kyler, and Watson into that area too. And real close is A.J. Brown, Tua, Saquon, JT, I mean, they're all in that area. But, I, I mean, I still think Watson, as soon as he steps on that field, as soon as he has one good game, he is back into that first-round draft capital. And I think, you know, not every league is like that. I mean, I've been shopping him in one, one league. I have an embarrassment of riches. I have uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. And I've, I've, I've floated Deshaun Watson out there looking for a running back. And they like the best offer I got is Josh Jacobs. And I'm like, I'm not taking that, you know, like it's a super flex league. I know it's 10 team, but like there are leagues where you can buy Watson because people still just don't believe. And I think it is, it is just foolish 
to not go out there and at least try because we're looking at what? We're two weeks away here. Go out there and try to get to Sean Watson. Uh, the next trade sent in from at Charles Bella. This is another guy that last week, I mean, Mung, we absolutely nailed the guys to buy last week. You know, we said it was your last chance to buy Fields. We said Elijah, you said Elijah Mitchell. I said Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is now the wide receiver seven. And, and Adam, I've tried to trade him in Smash 3 to everyone, and no one's given me anything. But I'm looking at a trade here where, you know, we got a guy said he is a team that is rebuilding. On a rebuilding team, would you rather have a late 23 second and a mid 24 third or Christian Kirk? Adam, I mean, Christian Kirk is a wide receiver. He's the wide receiver seven on the season. It's hard to deny that from a 25 year old for a late third or a mid 24 third and a late 23 second. I just can't get behind it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's Kirk all the way, even in a rebuild. Um, Cause again, you're talking about, you know, dart throws, right? So if I can get, you know, if even if he, you know, likely he's going to be a wide receiver too, right? But he's on an ascending offense. He's still young on his first contract. So I think you got to have, you got to go for I, what I think is as more secure of an upside and more known quantity. Yeah. I mean, Mung, similar type question. I mean, like what realistically, if, if Christian Kirk was drafted in the first round and he was six foot three, we'd be starting to put him in that. I mean, I, I have no doubt that people would rank him above Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, they would have him in that top 10 wide receiver. But because of his size, because of his draft capital, because of things where people aren't looking at it as a sexy play, it is the type of play that can win you your dynasty league because he's that wide receiver three putting up wide receiver one numbers. And to me, it's it's 223 seconds is the only way that you're you're giving up a guy like Christian Kirk. Yeah, I mean, he kind of falls into that same mold where the production just never matches up to the value, right? Um, we talked about similar guys like Jacoby Myers, who has that consistent PPR production, but you can still get him for pretty cheap. And Kirk is the same way because it does sound like Doug Peterson realized that this Jacksonville offense works best when it kind of funnels through Kirk. Um, and it sounds like rest of season, they're going to continue to feed Christian Kirk, especially with their defense still giving up a lot of points. It's worth bearing in mind that Calvin Ridley coming back next year uh, will knock Kirk's value. So uh, perhaps you do want to sell uh, if you're rebuilding. But even so, I, I would want more than just a late second because whether it's that team or a different team, at some point, if he continues putting up this kind of numbers, uh, you know, this kind of production, then his value is going to rise and perhaps you know, right before the fantasy playoffs, you might be able to get a first round rookie pick for him. That's what I've been holding on to forever. But I mean, right now he is the dynasty wide receiver 30, according to dynasty trade calculator. You know, he's right in that same area as Juju Smith Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Ayuk, Traylon Burks. And, you know, I think again, if he has a different profile, if he sounds like a sexier name, he's a bigger guy. I think, you know, you get yourself into a situation where, he could be going up there, but I think he's that guy that if you lost Cooper Cup, I'm going out there and I'm trying to buy Christian Kirk cheap because you're going to get borderline wide receiver one production at a fraction of the cost, you know. And I, I, Adam, is there, you know, we talked about it with John, but who's that guy you're going out there and buying? I mean, you ha you lost Cooper Cup, you, you you probably let's say you don't have your first round pick left. Who would you go out there and make a play for? 
Yeah, Kirk's a good one. I think uh, Hopkins is is still relatively low value. A lot of people are worried about his age, um, and and I, th- I know we've talked about it in the past, but just his style of play. He's a tactician uh, of route running, right? So that type of uh, of wide receiver still has longer, I would say, longer than average longevity. Now he's got zero value insulation, so this is definitely not a upside play from a value standpoint. But if you're contending and you need the points. You know, I'm definitely. I think uh, Hopkins would be one I'm. I'm going after. Yeah, that that was my number one today. I said Hopkins, and it looks like Keenan Allen comes back this week. And I think you can get Keenan Allen for slightly more than a second. You don't have to pay a first anymore. And I think you know if if man, Adam, you know after you hosed me on that trade, we I trade you Jefferson for Najee and. Um, Keenan Allen, and he's just been downhill ever since. That's been my curse. I have Keenan everywhere. I think he's gonna he's gonna step up down that that stretch run. Mung, who's another stopgap for you? You know, like I think everyone is out there trying to say, "Well, I'm trading Cooper Cup for someone in this range." But the other mentality is, you know, who can we get to be a stopgap? Who's somebody that can come in there and perform to the ability at a fraction of the cost? Yeah, I mean, at this point, you're going to have to pay up, right? But if you're looking for injury discounts, uh, perhaps Mike Williams. You know, you mentioned Keenan Allen, but Williams should be back at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, again, same as getting that Watson bump in the near future. Uh, we talked about Marquise Brown a little bit already. Uh, Terry McLaurin's value is rising because Heineke is targeting him yeah. uh, much more heavily than Carson Wentz ever was. And then, you know, a lot of people are still hesitant on Kadarius Tony. So if you're willing to roll the dice, if he can emerge as that lead option in Kansas City, he certainly looked good uh, after Juju left that game with that concussion. So a lot of potential risk-reward wide receivers that you can get for a slightly lower cost right now. And that's why I love talking to both of you guys, because you guys just hit it from both angles. You know what I mean? Like, you hit it with some upside guys. Adam hit it with some some high floor, lower type ceiling guys that are going to go out there and get it done. And I think there's no right or wrong way to go about it if you're going to try to move cup. But hit us up on some of these trades. Like, don't just sell him for nothing. You know, there's a, there's a lot of potential out there. Uh, a trade sent in from, I'm going to try to say this the right way, me, Juju, Kayla. He sent, and then his name's Mike. Uh, he has a trade here, and he really wanted us to go over. It's a 10-team Superflex tight end premium. He is giving Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and Dalton Schultz for Patrick Mahomes in a second. Now, he was showing me that the calculator has this pretty close here. Uh, Adam, let's start out with you. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, you have to they're in a tier of their own at this point. Dak Prescott is probably tier three when it comes to to quarterbacks and just lost a little bit of that appeal. But CeeDee Lamb has really emerged as that top five dynasty wide receiver. So talk to me a little bit about this trade. I'm assuming he's a contender and has some extra extra pieces on there. You know, he just said that the second's going to be a mid. So it's Mahomes in a second that's mid or Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and Schultz, which has got to be a Dallas fan because you're just totally stacking. Yeah, right. I, I, um, you know, just a reminder, you know, the the economy between looking at how many uh, teams are in the league. So this is a 10 teamer. But just to remind our listeners that, uh, you know, when you're going from eight to 10, 12 to 14 plus um, that changes the dynamic very heavily in trades. So props to Mike for letting us know. And also when you're sending your trades, definitely tell us 
again, details like this. So because it's a 10 team super flex tight end premium, um, you know, it definitely favors your, you know, eight, eight and 10 teamers are going to favor your upside a lot more than your 12 to 16s. Right. So for me, um, I'm definitely going the Mahomes side uh, because, uh, you know, I, I, to get a top two at the position uh, of high demand, I think it's well worth it. Now, one other side, because um, uh, I because I, I like to look at things from a risk adjusted basis, you know, no, knowing me. Um, one other thing that one one argument might be for a common trade like this, normally when you're going two for one, three for one is, uh, you know, you're putting a lot of your eggs in one basket. Right. You're trading three players for one player. Um, so one thing in this particular one I wanted to note is to your you mentioned, Dad, is that it's all Cowboys players. So I'd argue, you know, to someone that is pro Dak Lamb Schultz in this particular case, that because they're all on one team, you actually have equivalent amount of concentration risk, even though there is more players on the other deal. They're all on the same team, so they're very highly correlated as a result. So, just wanted to add that small Pete, but yeah, I'm definitely on the uh, Mahomes side of this. Yeah, Mung. I mean, we we both kind of like Dak. I've been huge on Lamb, so there's definitely some pop on that. You know, on that other side, is this enough for you to you know give up for Patrick Mahomes? I mean, which side do you like here? The fact that Adam, I think Adam hit it when it's 10 team. If this is 14 team, I'm not even batting an eye. I'm taking the package because I feel like there you're getting one that, you know, cheapens the pick and two, you're looking at, you know, a, a wide receiver one and a QB one. But in the 10 team, Mung, which way would you be leaning? I think it's a very fair deal for both sides. I would assume that, you know, one team is contending, getting all the Cowboys players who are looking good. And the other player um, is getting Mahomes for a rebuild potentially and a second round rookie pick in a 10 team super flex, you know, that's still going to have quite a, uh, quite a bit of value, especially if it ends up being earlier. So in general, I I see this as a very fair deal. Um, Again, Mahomes is in that elite tier, but Prescott should be fine rest of season. And we've seen that the Cowboys have become a very siloed offense where targets are very much concentrated to Lamb and Schultz. So both of those guys, especially in a tight end premium, um, should be strong options for a contending team. Great analysis. I love it. This one's sent in from Dustin. That's at 521Juice. He is in the Patreon. He is in Smash 6, I believe. Adam, is that those sent in the, is he in the one with you? I don't know. There's so many of them. I'm blurring together. A lot of guys have been asking, yo, Dad, how do I get in Smash? Except we're not doing any more. The Patreon has really just blown up so much that I'm turning people away. But when we get to the Discord, you know, in the offseason, we will be doing that. We will be doing another Smash 8 in March, you know, and we're, we're going to do some more startups. Guys, if you want to be in leagues with just absolute crazy amounts of trades, that's that's the way to do it, you know, and you get to play with us. But this particular trade is a Dynasty Superflex win-now mode, he said. Chris Olave and DeAndre Hopkins or Jamar Chase? This one, at almost 1,400 votes on my fantasy league, is a dead 50-50 monk. You, on one side, you got Jamar Chase. The other side, you have the upside of Olave and the insulation of DeAndre Hopkins. Man, this is a tough one. But he says he's win-now. Uh, it comes down to your team record and your roster, right? Because if you're locked into a playoff spot, potentially even a top two spot for a first round buy, 
then give me Chase here. Um, if you need the depth, if you start like three to four flex spots, if it's a deeper format, um, then I, I'm, I think it's fine if you take Alave and Hopkins here. Uh, I would just lean Chase in a vacuum because of the fact that, one, Murray's hurt right now, although it didn't seem like it mattered, even with Colt McCoy slinging. Um, but two, with Marquise Brown coming back, I do think the targets are going to be split a little bit more evenly between Brown, Hopkins, and a little bit of more, too, with Ertz out. Adam, I, I got to tell you how I responded to this. And I was the only person, there's like seven analysts that responded to this. I'm the only one that said, I'm keeping chase because I will give up my 24 first for DeAndre Hopkins because I can recoup that. You will not. And I, I like Chris Olave, but he's not Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is in a tier with Justin Jefferson, and that is it. And I, I mean, you know from Smash 3, I've had countless offers for Jamar Chase, and I just have a hard time. I just have a really hard time dealing him because I don't feel like Alave is in that same breath. No, I agree. I, I mean, it's it's a close trade. I think it goes, Mung laid it out pretty well in that, hey, if you're going for it and you, and you have a deep, deeper roster, I'm assuming, you know, 12-plus team leagues, uh, on that as well is that I, I see it, but I mean I, I agree from a pure value. I, I'm I'm definitely going Chase for, more for the reason not only that he's elite talent, but once he's back and healthy, you are not going to be able to get him. So what, if oh, you can, this is this is the buy window. Go ahead. Dan. I like it. Nope. Perfect. Uh, this is one sent in from Stuck in the '90s, and this trade I I put out a a, a tweet last week. My ten sells before week ten. DeAndre Swift was at the absolute top of that list, and you're going to be shocked by some of these results. But we have DeAndre Swift or Chris Godwin in Dynasty. Mung, you're you're a little bit higher on. You've been a little bit lower on Swift and a little bit higher on Godwin. Is how close is this trade for you? I don't think it's crazy. Um, but that being said, I would still take Swift over Godwin, both due to age and then also, you know, we don't know if Brady's going to be done after this year, or at least in Tampa. Um, and I do think that Swift's uh, involvement is going to continue ramping back up because I think they're still easing him back in from those injuries earlier in the season. So, yeah, I'm still taking Swift here. Adam, the crazy thing to me is this it came up 75 25 in favor of Godwin. People are really trying to get out on DeAndre Swift. And I think the talent is still there. I I mean, to to me, and I know you like Godwin as well, would you trade Godwin straight up for Swift? I would, yeah. And this is a good Swift buying window for the patient uh, right. fantasy owner, right? That's the main thing is, is and, and that's, you know, certainly I get it if you're, if you are, you know, um, you know, this is a good, a good, uh, you know, one, if you, maybe you're running back loaded and you, you know, you lost cup. Now I wouldn't necessarily try to sell Swift, but that that's a kind of a deal and situation I could see this going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, overall, if we're talking about what is their values going to be next season, you know, Godwin's likely, you know, certainly there's possibility they get another quarterback, but I just, I, I you know, to your point, I think there's much more value insulation on the Swift side and it's a good buy low. So I think for me, it's, it's pretty easily Swift. All right. Another fun one here from Motown, Matt, Jamison Williams and a mid 23 first or CD lamb. It's a 10 team league, super flex PPR dynasty. And he's, he's pushing the chips in to try to win. Mung, is this one of those trades where you're you're trading Jameson in a mid 
to late. It's at mid to late. So I got, I always think that's like 108. So Jamison Williams in 108 or CD Lamb. And I know, you know, you're pushing the chips in. Is this a situation where he should be trying to trade that mid-23 first for a different wide receiver? Or is this one where, you know, this could potentially bite him when we look at Jamison Williams and, and that 23 first and what they, they accumulate to be worth? Yeah, for me, the gap is slightly less than a first. Um, that's how high I am on Williams. So I, at the very least, if you're confident, you're a strong contender, um, and you like Lamb a lot, I would at least try to get a second back on top. He also has a second one sitting here, Adam, and I want you to go over this one too. It looks like the same league, and he, he's kind of gauging where he should be at. Cooper Cup in a late 23 first for Lamb. So let's talk about the two. Would you rather have Jamison Williams in a mid to late 23 first or Cooper Cup and a 23 first that's guaranteed to be late? Yeah, I, I, I like the first one better. Uh, I would rather have Jamison Williams, you know, similar to Mung, very high on him, um, you know, and, and there's there's risk of Cup, right? And, 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 and you know, he, he is a good uh, acquisition for um, like a one-year a one punt is perfect with Cup, but there is risks, right? With his injury, he will be turning 30. So whereas the other, you know, the Jamison trade, I would rather lock in, you know, a pretty solid player, even if it's, you know, the eighth, ninth pick, which is mid to late and someone with Jamison's upside. I, I just I just love the value installation and the upside better. Yeah, I think I, and yeah, I'm glad you said about that year one punt, because I'm doing three of them in the smash leagues. I have made offers for Cooper Cup in every single one, because the nice part about that and, and you're in a similar boat as well, where you have six, seven, you know, plus 23 first in a class where, you know, John did that, um, that exercise today. And there were five running backs going in the first round. If you throw one of them late 23 first, you might be able to get Cooper cup. And now all of a sudden you go for a situation where you have all these upside wide receivers and quarterbacks like you and I play it, you get these young running backs and then Cooper cup really just puts you over the top that could, you know, increase in value a little bit into next season. Yeah, he's a perfect one-year punt because, you know, if you're full rebuild, you know, because if you're needing two years, you know, then you're talking 31, right? And who knows in two years what that offense looks like. Um, it would not, you know, not that I dislike Matthew Stafford, but with his age, right? I mean, it's completely possible they could blow that team up, right, in two years. So it's, it's um, there's a lot of variance there, but it is for next year. Um, you're not going to get a better buying opportunity than Cup right now in the next few weeks while he's injured. 100%. I like that. Mung, anything to add to that? I mean, like, we, we did a whole podcast on, on Cooper Cup, but I w- we'd be remiss not to have your input there as well about, you know, your initial reactions of how to win in Dynasty based off the news of Cooper Cup. It's so tough because it's very situationally dependent, right? Again, he could be a a title winner for you if he comes back somehow in week 16 or 17. Um, If not, you know, I I think the physical skills are still fine where he's still going to be a strong producer even into his earlier 30s. But again, that's always a risky call, especially if, like you said, the Rams who have you know, traded away so many picks in the last few years, uh, really just aren't able to improve the offensive line much. Um, but you know, that at the same time, that offense is so dependent and funneled through cup already. So really it's risk reward. And again, it depends very much on your roster and what your goal is for the rest of the season and for 2023. 
Great assessment. I love it. Um, this one sent in from Todd Jones. That's at Jonesy1876. Twitter has this one at 50.9 to 49.1. We're looking at a 10-team super flex, six-point passing touchdown. Adam, if I come to you today, are you taking Lamar Jackson or are you taking Joe Burrow? Oof. Um, I think for me, um, I'm going Burrow, but, I mean, it is – splitting hairs um the reason why i lean burrow uh is just his situational uh situation is more known um now he he could not be re-signed but i think um they would have riots in cincinnati if they didn't extend him next off season um but there's a possible i think the possible probabilities of lamar not being uh, in his current team, uh, the Ravens is higher than the probability of Burroughs. But the question is, is that offset with Lamar's legs, right? So I think that's the give and take. So for me, I get both sides, but I'd lean Burrow personally. Right now, you're looking at Joe Burrow's QB5. Lamar Jackson is QB6. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure which side you're going to go on, Mung. But I mean, if if you're looking at this particular trade, and I, is there a scenario, I know you're team Lamar, but is there a scenario where you're like, I would rather have Joe Burrow than Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all in a six-point passing touchdown format. Um, to be fair, I, I don't play in any six-point passing touchdown leagues, so take my opinion on here uh, with a grain one. of salt. So all, I, I Smash would, one is, man. Um. Right, but outside of that, uh, and that's 14 team too, which is weird. Yeah, that's but, crazy. Yeah, I mean, in general, I'm not as familiar with that format, but I, I think if you prefer Burrow, I don't think it's crazy. I lean Lamar slightly because his passing numbers have been suppressed a little bit this year with Bateman hurt and Andrews iffy as well. So I, I do think that he's going to throw more too, and especially if they ever get rid of Greg Roman. Absolutely. Looking for another great trade here. Um, guys are saying, you know, would you take rest of season? I want you to talk about both these players because this is just a poll here where it's Rashad White and Isaiah Pacheco. Both of these guys this week really established themselves. I mean, in the podcast last week, we said go out there and buy Rashad White because Leonard Fournette has been struggling. But if he goes down to injury, now it looks like Fournette is going to be back for week 12. It looks like. Both of these guys looked fantastic in Week 10, Adam. I mean, I, talk to me about one, and then I'll let Mung talk about the other. But I, I think both of these guys have some serious upside down the stretch. Yeah, there's no doubt. Both have, especially in the near term, have huge upside. Uh, I definitely like White better, uh, personally, and it's just more draft capital situation, right? Um, you, you know, uh, Pacheco... I'll let, I'll let Mung speak to more specifics, but just in comparisons, um, I just think, you know, White has a lot more value and value insulation, uh, you know, meaning if, you know, even if, if uh, you know, he has, he has an injury, right, or something happens, I think he's still going to come back, whereas Pacheco, because of his lower draft status, and, and I think there's less, um, you know, safety within his value. So that's why I, I go with White. Adam, what would you pay for Rashad White right now? I think I'd, I would pay a late, uh, an early second for him. Okay. I, I was talking about that with John today. I said I'd pay, I thought I was ballsy saying I would pay a 24 first, given the, that I think he takes over here and really has a chance to ascend in value. If I knew it was late, 
And I see where you're saying with that 23 second. Mung, I saw you put a tweet out there today about Pacheco, and it was like we were talking about it was going to take a Clyde Edwards-Alaire injury for Pacheco to take over. But he is dominating the touches in this backfield. Yeah, and I have him ranked pretty close. I have Pacheco a little bit higher um, for two reasons. One, I think as a pure talent, Pacheco is a better runner. Uh, he certainly still has issues, and we'll see if he ever gets more involved as a receiver because obviously that matters a lot in PPR formats, which most leagues play in at this point. Uh, but the second reason is I'd actually go the opposite in terms of you know less risk. For me, I, one, I don't see either as a, an elite talent necessarily. Uh, but I, I don't know that White is going to ever take over fully in Tampa with Fournette there, um, even if he does assert himself in that lead role. And two, I, I just don't know what that offense looks like next season if Brady is gone, whereas we know that Mahomes is sticking around in Kansas City for the foreseeable future. I love it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm liking both of those guys. One thing that I've my my DMs have been flooded about the tight end position. You know, Dallas Goddard is out. You got to look at Zach Ertz is done for the year. Goddard is at least going to miss four weeks and get some some time missing in there. The guys that I've been suggesting going out there and and buying is is Jawan Johnson. It's it's Cole Komet. You know, it's even there. There's some guys there that you're gonna have to. It's a position that was already Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey and then everybody else. Mung, who's a guy that you're you're just telling people to go out there and trade for as a stopgap? I mean, you know, there's been Evan Ingram has had some nice weeks, but he's been down the last couple. Gerald Everett has had some nice weeks. Um, you know, there's there's guys that are out there that are borderline starting to come break through, like Otten. I mean, there's and Dulcich. I mean, there's so many guys right now that are just. It seems like a crapshoot if people are really trying to put themselves into a position to win. Who are they going out there to get? So uh, I have a few names, depending on how much you want to pay, I guess. Uh, no, that's exactly really... why we're doing this is like, check the budget, who are we going to buy and how much are they going to cost? Because I, I just, every couple hours I'm getting a DM of dad, I need a tight end and I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, if you're willing to pay like a mid second, maybe early second, you can probably get a guy like Njoku, who we've talked about before again with Watson Perfect. coming back soon. Um, Pat Fryermuth, who's getting a lot more slot snaps uh, now that Chase Claypool has been traded away. And if you want somebody really cheap, I mean, he wasn't even really being talked about prior to his injury, but Daniel Bellinger, uh, the Giants nice. really just, no one's emerged as a reliable pass catcher. Maybe Wandell Robinson asserts himself rest of season as he builds some chemistry with Daniel Jones. But Bellinger has been targeted a lot when he was healthy. Um, he could potentially return later on this season after his, what was it, the eye surgery, eye socket? Correct. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for a late season guy, and in the meantime, if you're dumpster diving in a deeper 12, 14 team league, uh, you know, I picked up Tanner Hudson in, in Smash Except One, and uh, he got, what, three targets, three receptions this past week, which not the best. But, hey, if again, in deeper leagues, if you're just looking for a stopgap measure, uh, they could get you there. I'm glad you hit on David Njoku because that's literally I, – I've traded for him six times in the last two weeks and pushed it last week. 
And, you know, this week again, I actually traded uh, Jake Ferguson in two thirds in one league. Um, I gave up, I gave up Bellinger and a third in another league. And I'm just like, and a 24 second dead even. And I think in a tight end premium, David Njoku, I know he has the type of injury where it's, you know, it's supposed to be out four weeks and they said it might take another one to two, but like, Come on, Deshaun, he was the tight end eight. Deshaun Watson coming to town. I think you could easily see him as a top five tight end down the stretch. Adam, I know we just listed literally all the tight ends, but anything to add with those or a guy that you're potentially going out there and buying? Because it's it's just very difficult right now. Yeah, for sure. Well, two that you guys mentioned, I'll just re-highlight Fryermuth. If you are looking to, you know, establish a core tight end for the future, I, you know, I'm really surprised the market have of his, you know, what the market value is with how good he's playing. I mean, he's he's top seven tight end. He's super young and and people I just don't think like the offense given the offensive line, but long term, love it. Um, and then Njoku, I'd agree with that as well. The one guy that it, if you you kind of went over it, but I don't think I heard you guys talk about, but for a win now team, I think Higby is a must buy um, if you need help because he, he's not going to cost that much and he's a top, he, you know, it's scoring. He has tight end top five easily within his range of outcomes. He's almost, he's basically there. He just had one bad week effectively mm-hmm. outside of that super consistent. And then with Cooper cup, who who's getting the targets, uh, especially in the middle of the field. So I think Higby is a huge buy for contending teams, regardless uh, of, and especially in tight end premium, if you can put them even in your flex. I have him in, uh, in smash four, and my flex is my second tight end and uh, with Hawkinson, and I'm loving him in that spot. Very good. Mung, this one I just picked out because I feel like I got to hear what you have to say on this. At FF Dynasty Grill, put out a poll, Kyler Murray or Tua Tagovailoa, who do you want in Dynasty? It's 60-40 Tua right now. Is this more of a what have you done for me lately? Because you spoke last week on, you know, buying Kyler Murray because he was, you know, he's the QB6 at that point. Tua has looked fantastic. Is this an opportunity where we get a little bit added on top? I mean, you know, we got to always find that area to get a little bit on top. And you guys know I've been advocating in April getting Jalen Hurts plus for Kyler. Kyler Murray and, and was doing it everywhere. Now, where do we fall in this Kyler Murray to a tag of Iowa area? I don't think it's crazy um, because right now I would rank, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, and Hertz in a tier together because mm-hmm. of their safe floor and just insane upside every week. And then behind that, I, I still have Herbert and Murray there, um, both for rushing potential and Herbert. You know, I believe in the talent. He just hasn't had any help this year. And then right below them, I, I do have Fields, Tua, Burrow, and Watson. So I, I think, again, I, I don't know that Tua's like a true elite talent where he's going to elevate everyone around him like a Mahomes type. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's somewhere between <sighs> – cousins and garoppolo in terms of you know that ability to to make the accurate reads um and he but he's been way better on those downfield throws this year and you know he has hill and waddle for this foreseeable future so no i don't think it's crazy to take Tua over murray personally i still have murray slightly at i like it adam i mean i was i was talking about that on the pod earlier with john is I, I'm a little scared of Kyler Murray potentially, you know, having problems with the hamstring down the stretch. What do you think about this particular trade? And I mean, are you are you making a trade similar to that? 
I agree with Mong. I, I, I mean, I think Murray, I have Murray higher, um, but I get it. Uh, you know, there's consider, you know, for, for a contender, I don't think it's crazy if you wanted to make sure you get that upside for the short term. And he, and he is young. He's a year younger, right? He's 24 years old. So there is that as well, even though at this point in the game, in comparison, you know, how long, long, the longevity of QBs these days, it doesn't make a huge bump, but hey, it's notable. So that's, I would agree. I'd lean Murray, but I get it. Yeah, that's definitely a fun trade. Guys, it's been a fun show. You know, I wanted to go out there. Every now and then we try to just do a show where literally it's the questions you guys are sending in. I mean, we love you guys as a community. We want to, you know, I don't want to say give back, you know, as we get close to the Thanksgiving season. But we are thankful for you guys. Whenever you guys send questions in, I mean, our DMs are open and we're, you know, always willing to answer questions. Um, you know, guys that are in the Patreon, guys that are, 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 you know, volunteering their time and doing things. I mean, there's just been such a great, you know, projection of the community from Smash Except the whole way across. And it's just been, it's been a fantastic ride and we absolutely love it. So, I mean, guys, whenever you can send these kind of questions, we try to do these mailbag questions, just like I said, for you guys. But both you guys, we're going to end it on, you know, something you're working on. And then that one guy you're buying, because... I keep getting these questions of dad, who are you buying this week? You know, and I, 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 I think we all need to give a little bit of insight of like who's somebody we're going out there and getting because I talk to you guys on the regular where I'm literally I'm going through every roster and I'm like, who am I going to get this week? Like, who's that guy that I think I can start to to make some value? And you know, if you sit back and you're not looking at all the rosters and you're not making trades every week, you're 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 doing yourself a disservice when it comes to dynasty. So we'll start with you, Adam. First, thanks again for coming on. You know, we we missed you there for a couple of weeks, but tell me what you're working on. You know, what's going on, and one guy that you just got to go out there and buy right now. Yeah, thanks. Uh, on Twitter, it's r underscore adam armor a r m o u r. Thanks, Dad, for having me on, and um, yeah, always a pleasure. But uh, you know, for you know, guys, I'm buying. I, I don't you know mean to t- go to back to a guy we talked about, but Jamison Williams, in my opinion, is the biggest buy in Dynasty. We've talked about it, so I won't give you reasons, but you know, just he's out of sight and out of mind, and that's what the type of players, especially in this transition uh, part of the season, going into the playoffs, those are the guys you want to snag. Uh, so I would say Jamison Williams, and I would say a close second would be for me Marquise Brown. But I just want to throw another uh, name in there as well. And thanks again, Dad. Yeah, anytime, man. Love it. Mung, um, same thing. I mean, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Who's a buy for you? And uh, tell everybody what's going on with, in your world. Yeah, I'll have yet another Dynasty Rankings update out uh, fairly soon. We know that these rankings are constantly changing, so I, I try to stay as up-to-date as possible and you know you guys can find that over at fantraxhq.com and you can find me on twitter at ffa underscore mung that's m-e-n-g um and then yeah you know we always give that bonus content right at the end right for the people who stick through the entire podcast and uh, I, i would say that we always talk about buying low on players selling high on players and and getting that value but an underrated aspect of dynasty management is knowing when to potentially buy high, right? Which players are worth that draft capital and are worth the valuations uh, that seem preposterous at first, right? We saw Patrick Mahomes' meteoric rise. People weren't fully buying into him uh, early on in, in that season. And I, I think that's somewhat true with Justin Fields still, right? People are saying, oh, well, he beat up on Miami and he beat up on Detroit, one of the worst defenses in the league. And now he's got Atlanta, so I'm sure there will be some calls to potentially sell high after this week. But 
you know, the, the trajectory that I think we're seeing fields on reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson, where it was mostly the rushing at first. Um, we were seeing some terrible reads or terrible decisions, at least um, throwing some bad interceptions, but, you know, real development as a passer too. And when you're looking at what he's accomplishing with the lack of talent around him, I, I think that he could solidify himself in that top tier of fantasy quarterbacks um, and, you know, one of the very top picks in Superflex startups pretty soon. And right now you can probably still get him for just, you know, one early 2023 first when people are still looking at Stroud and Young. And, you know, you, you wish that they will become what Fields has already demonstrated uh, these last few games. So I think he's a buy high. And then, you know, just a tiny bonus, I would sell high on Cole Komet, though, even though he's linked to field what is it like five touchdowns in the last three games on just like 10 or 11 catches so um as good as fields has been commit remains a sell high for me i love what you're saying about fields you know the big takeaway i had last week was saying that i think he's going to jump into that second tier of quarterbacks by the end of the season and most people already have him as a you know top eight to ten quarterback that's a great one i'm going to keep pushing because i i've been buying him so cheap pair of thirds here and there for Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson is the guy that, you know, they wanted to bring in there to Miami at the trade deadline. He comes out in his first game, puts up 26 fantasy points. And I think all that guy does is at this time of year, win people championships when he gets an opportunity. Uh, We were talking about the tight ends. Another guy that's cheap with Darren Waller on the IR, you know, the only true tight end handcuff there is, is Foster Moreau. He's had two Tight end one weeks out of the last three weeks this past week. Tight end six overall. There's a definite potential that Darren Waller doesn't come back at least for the next four weeks. It might even be longer because the Raiders are in a position where do they need to rush him back? You know, they don't necessarily have to. And he's always a guy that you can get out there cheap and puts up production every single week. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.